Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Windows Weekly is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Windows Weekly with Paul Therott, episode 201, recorded Friday, March 25th, 2011. The kids will love it. Windows Weekly is brought to you by Hover.com. Hover is domain name registration and management that's simple. For Hover's transfer concierge service, free for our audience, go to windows.hover.com. And by Go to Assist Express. If you're in tech support, solve problems fast. With a leader in remote support software, go to Assist Express. For a free 30-day trial, visit gotoassist.com slash windows. And by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look more professional. Get started now with a free package at freshbooks.com. It's time for Windows Weekly, the show that gives you all the information you'd like to know about Microsoft, those folks in Redmond, those wacky, wild folks in Redmond, and who better to fill us in than a man who spent his life observing (laughs) from afar. Distressing over. Distressing over, obsessing over Microsoft, the Mr. Paul Therott, the editor-in-chief of the Supersite for Windows, winsupersite.com, news editor for Windows IT Pro, analyst for Penton Media, and the author of many fine books, including the great Windows Phone Secrets. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our master of ceremonies for this evening, Mr. Paul Therott. <laughs> Leo, there were two things I dreamt about this week. One was um, salads, weirdly, and the other one was <laughs> Windows Phone <laughs> software updates. I dream uh, of salad with a light brown hair. Why were you? you know, sometimes dreaming you tell of- people about a dream and they say, "Wow, that's really weird." Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then sometimes you have your own dream and you think, "Wow, that was really that was weird." Mm. Well, I could see why you'd be dreaming about Windows Phone updates because, frankly, that's been uh, kind of your your obs- obsession. It is an obsession. Yeah, I, I, I will admit that. I would like to think that I am not obsessive and don't have an addictive personality but i think we could see that this has you were able to get off the crack very easily but uh this well you know why it's an obsession because you wrote uh, by the way the the crack about crack that was just a joke the The crack about crack i was just i didn't you missed it you missed it yeah did you just say it yeah i think i'm blacking out for short periods so <laughs> I might hear Paul's just back you know, from France. I might hear like every third word or something. <laughs> uh, 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 Paul's just back from France uh, where you had a lovely week. Mm-hmm. I understand. Were you in uh, the big city? No, well, no, I was outside of Toulouse uh, <clears throat> uh, visiting with friends. Wonderful. Wonderful. I think that sounds like a lovely week. I hope you're rested, relaxed and ready to take a lo- tackle to take on once again the dragon from Redmond. Uh, let's see. Rested, something, and relaxed. What was the other word? <laughs> ready. ready. I don't, ready. I'm the opposite of whatever that was. <laughs> He's unready. So, so uh, let, you know, this has become kind of a, a continuing uh, saga. Um, yeah. Windows yeah, yeah, yeah. Phone Seven. Um, let's just. To, I will to, say. I will say this. Um, finally, other people are starting to notice. You know, I felt like, uh, you know, I, I've often talked of this reviewers' workshop. You know. Uh, I would remind people that I was one of maybe 20 or more reviewers or 
uh, bloggers or whatever these people were in the room. I wasn't the only one there. And I, I've heard, not that I've really looked hard, but I, I don't recall any of these other people writing about this in the ways that I have, which I find somewhat distressing. Uh, but now, as this Windows Phone software update thing has gone on and on and on, finally, uh, I'm starting to see other people saying, you know, this, these people are really blowing it, these people being Microsoft or the Windows Phone team. Like, this, is, this has reached ludicrous proportions. So it's nice to finally see the rest, the rest of the world catch up on this particular topic. But, you know, whatever. I think uh, just to get this off on a maybe more of a positive note, I will say that in the past week, a couple of things have happened, not all of which are negative. You know, so Microsoft did finally detail what's coming in this first real update, right? Because there's a pre-update or what they're now calling the February update. Uh, and a pre-update, by the way, that the majority of Windows Phone users still do not have uh, here a week away from April. And then there's a second update, the, uh, what I call the real update, the, uh, the March 2011 update. Well, that's, and that that's update, this month. Yeah, that updates. It's a minor update in the scheme of things, but it does add some features. And we knew ahead of time that this thing would include copy and paste, which for some reason a lot of people have been waiting for. Uh, faster app and game performance, um, which is important, absolutely. And then better marketplace search, which is great. But they've also highlighted some other areas, um, vaguely in some ways, uh, that are being improved in this release. Um, it's not a lot of the bugs that we know about or the missing features, but there is some other stuff um, that is being added in this update. So this is actually new information. So that's nice. So there's some stuff. And, and none of it's particularly notable. So... Uh, you know, some improvements with the way Wi-Fi works. There's some improvements with the way ActiveSync works when you hit a, an Exchange server, especially older versions of Exchange. Um, things like that. You know, some camera improvements, but not the one everyone wants, which is the ability of the camera app to actually remember settings, which would be really nice. Um, you know, but okay. So there's that. So uh, when Microsoft posted that the other day, uh, I think about three days ago, uh, it was pretty clear they had promised uh, their most recent promise for this update is that it would happen in the second week of our second half of March. We're in the second week, uh, half of March. It must be coming any, any day now. <laughs> yeah. Cause and well, then, it's uh, the 25th <laughs> as we record. Yeah. This. So finally some people have gotten it. Uh, oh. so they did start deploying it. Um, but, <laughs> and this, and then this is when the ludicrous part ended <laughs> or happened. And of course, the morning that I'm flying home from France, I find out about this. And I ha what I have to do is sort of write about it. And I'm trying not to be a jerk, but it's so ludicrous what they've done. Um, and I have to post something about it and then not be able to respond to comments for a long, long time. So there were, you know, 50 block comments in my blog post when I got home, you know. But what they, basic what they basically did was they they posted a blog post explaining that they have, in fact started sending this update out, but only to what they call open market Windows phones. So if you think about an unlocked phone, there's a further subset of unlocked phones mm -hmm. that are called open market phones. Oh. So it's a really small group uh, that's getting this. And then they posted what they called a, a schedule for when everyone else would get it. And this schedule says absolutely nothing. Hmm. And it is uh, embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know how else to say it. It is... The craziest thing I've ever seen. Have you seen this page that they put up? No. We're, we're, what's the URL? I'll, uh... Uh, it's hard to... It's probably a uh, long... Yeah. Can I paste it into Skype? Will you see that? No, or... I can't. But uh, yeah. Windows Phone... 
uh, seven update at Microsoft.com. That's probably to do it, right? No, it's uh, well, Microsoft.com slash Windows Phone, all yeah. one word, uh, slash en dash us. Oh no, no, just stop right there. I'm just going to Google it. Okay, I got it. Actually, but, you know what? I googled Windows Phone Seven update site colon Microsoft.com. Yep. And the very first thing is says what's next. Yeah, that's but that's not the page. Oh crap. So what you look, there's a page they have called, it's called, where's my phone update? <laughs> Paul Therott. I bet, they, I bet you it says that yeah, uh, in yeah. the HTML underlying Paul Therott. They should have a special, yeah, they should have my name in the, the, the beautiful chart they've created. I'm going to click the Windows Phone Newsroom link. Nope, that's not it. You'd think they'd put that there because that's like where you'd get news for See, it. See, I wouldn't think that because I know how these guys work. <laughs> so <laughs> here, do this. Go to Windows Phone Secrets. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. Oh, you have a site called WindowsPhoneSecrets.com. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 good. I didn't. That, is that the that's like the companion to the book? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Let's go right there. Right. In the now. first article, if you scroll down, okay, you'll see a link. Communicated. Down. No, not that. Go go down further. Yeah. And there's a link under under Where's My Phone Update. There it is. I see it here. That's it. That's where's my phone update.com. They should have gotten where's my phone update.com. They didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe yeah. I'll get that. Yeah. So now click on the United States because this is the okay. really funny That's one. us. Okay. Yeah. I, if you're international listeners, click international. Uh, right. Stage one testing. Now tell me, <laughs> please, dear God, tell me, when am I going to get this update? Let's see. The Dell Venue Pro is scheduling. HTC Arrive not applicable. HD7 scheduling. Surround testing, quantum testing. Focus, that's the one I have. Testing. Testing. We're testing. So the it. update that Microsoft completed in hmm. December. That's stage one. Is still hmm. being tested by the, the mobile operator selling those phones. That hmm. mobile operator being, of course, Samsung. AT&T. Oh, AT&T. AT&T, uh, AT&T uh, who uh, is, of course, by the way, remember? Busy. The premier partner for Microsoft <laughs> they're, they're for the busy right launch. Now. No, they got other stuff they're worried about. So, in other words, let me get this straight. <laughs> they're busy. I bought the best Windows phone you can get, the Samsung Focus, yeah. from the premier partner yeah. that Microsoft, a year, over a year ago, explained was the premier partner. Yeah. I did it the right way. You did. Through, through a carrier. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't go out on the open market yeah. and spend, you know, and, and do it no. without a carrier. I did, no. did it through the carrier. Right. And now, as a, as a, a bonus or a, a benefit of this, yeah. this company is still testing this update. Not blocking the update, mind you, because... We can't use that word. They're not blocking anything, but you're not getting it. They're not getting it. We can't say blocking. Now, In other words, I, I just I, noticed, the though. He's not blocking the update, but they are preventing me from getting it because they're still testing it. Right. I do notice that if you're in Australia or Canada yeah. or France or Ireland, Italy, Mexico, uh, A lot of those Singapore, guys are getting it. they're all, they're yeah. With 10 days. Yeah. Soon. So uh, the, the vast majority oh, of... Oh, look who's getting it. Open market phones. <laughs> open market phones. Mm-hmm. That's the only one getting it right now. You said those are the ones that are unlocked, just not... Well, this is Microsoft's description. In other words, uh, let me see if I can find it. It's so hard to figure out what that is. An open market phone is... Actually, we don't know. They're unbranded device. No, these are unbranded devices that aren't customized for a specific mobile operator. They're sort of like unlocked phones. I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> hell they're talking about. I, they're apparently... I don't know. <laughs> Their phones, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Look, I'll say it. I know you can't. I'll say it. They're phones that are not tied to a carrier, so Microsoft can push the, this out and will push this out, but AT&T has to test it. It's almost like if you were to go through a carrier, which, by the way, I want to reiterate, 99.9% of customers would do. Of course, because that's right? the right way. 
it's almost like there's something preventing it from reaching you. Like a, that's between you and Microsoft. What like could a, it be? There's a Microsoft, uh, then the, the phone, and then there's something in between. Yeah. Whatever like, that is, it's like a brick wall. That, it's like a wall or a... Yeah. Uh, they put cones up and they prevent you yeah. from driving. Wall with a big A, T, and T yeah. on it. The thing, I, you know, so this blog post is hilarious because uh, and it's so typical now these days. You know, they explain that this process that you go, that they go through to deliver this update to users is a lot like when you buy a new PC online and you can go to the site at like you buy it from Dell and it says now it's in receiving and now it's here right, and now it's right. you know which is cute except that really this process should be like when you get say a software update on uh, on a Windows PC not when you buy a Windows PC you know <laughs> because it is the same kind of process it's just that in the case of a PC they go right to you and in the case of Windows phone they don't right so anyway i feel like i've beaten this to death i will just say simply this <laughs> so uh, as i noted uh, Previously, finally, other people are starting to complain about this, uh, other than me. I feel like I've been the only one. I don't, you know, as far as reporters or analysts or bloggers or whatever. So, um, uh, guy, you know, Nick Eaton, very credible guy from Cell, at PI, uh, re referred to this as fail, simply fail. That, uh, they, simply and, and, and fail. <laughs> said, you know, uh, the, the blog post is rambling and Microsoft doesn't give any guidance, you know. Yeah. Uh, Matt You've Rostoff, been saying this for thing. so long. Useless. A it, voice in the wilderness. Yeah. I just feel, uh, you know, yeah, it's unbelievable. The whole thing's unbelievable. So, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see what happens here. But it, it, it's, uh, they released it. So, I, I guess all I can say is uh, winning, you know. Winning. That's what, <laughs> Tiger's blood. <laughs> winning. <laughs> All right, we're going to let Paul breathe some fresh air. The fresh air of Dedham. Inhale, breathe <laughs> deep, air, Paul. Dedham, yeah. You're back. You're back among your people. <sighs> and uh, and it's okay. We embrace you for what, for who and what you are. Wow. But yes. meanwhile, yes. <laughs> take a break. Take a break. Enjoy. Relax. While I tell the kids about go to Assist Express. You know, we're all in support. Of course, anybody who listens to this show is in support. Why? Because... Everybody knows you understand technology, and they don't, so they go to you. Some of you actually do this for a living, you poor souls. You poor saps. You actually, you know, it can be very satisfying when something's fixed, but it can also be very frustrating when you're on the phone with your client. You're saying, okay, click start. Okay. You don't have run in the start menu. Okay. Uh, right click on the taskbar. Taskbar. That's that thing at the bottom, the gray, yeah, taskbar. No, it's, yeah, okay hours of this it's painful when you know if you could just you know reach your hands out through the phone and you could do this in seconds that's where go to assist comes in go to assist express literally lets you reach into your client's computers fix the problem and move on it'll make you more effective i you you know we all have remote support tools in our toolbox there's some free ones i know this is so much better not free. Well, free for 30 days. So you, you you be the judge. I think if this is your business, it's worth spending a little money to get the best, the fastest, the most secure, the most reliable. And all those additional features, things like eight sessions simultaneously. If you're in, a, if you're in this business, that's a godsend because you can start a scan, start an install. 
and and can move on and get a lot more done. That's one of the ways you improve your productivity. It also will tell you exactly what operating system, what security, what's running in the background so you know. You have a chat window open so you can talk to your client. This is maybe the most important thing, at least to my mind. It's really easy for your clients. They don't have to have it installed ahead of time. You just give them a link to the GoToAssist site. They click it. They allow you know, or uh, or a permit or whatever, the Java thing to run. And 30 seconds later, it's it. You're done and you're in. No IT support needed from them. They don't need to get a firewall exception or anything like that. It just works. Built-in that traversal, so it's just it's flawless and fast and easy. Unattended to support, too, if your clients allow that, which means you don't have to wait till they show up. You could just get the get the thing done and get moving. This will, I'm telling you, make you more efficient. It's it, one of the reasons Frost and Sullivan, which specializes in this sector, uh, uh, said that this is the market worldwide market leader in remote, remote support. Sure, there are other choices. This is the one I use. This is the one I encourage you to use. Go to assist.com slash windows. Go there right now. Try it free for 30 days. G-O-T-O-A-S-S-I-S-T. Go to assist.com slash windows. True Geeks. Use go to Assist Express. Give it a try. I think you'll like it. Paul, you feeling a little better now? <laughs> no. Lucky I didn't pass out. <laughs> you took a little nap. <clears throat> you took a little nap. Um, so let's talk about the App Store because I, you know, Amazon is kind of first of all they've really ticked off Apple. This is going to be an interesting because of the name. You mean? Yeah. Well, Apple's suing them, saying we own App Store, but Apple. Um, Steve Gibson we'll told see me about this. that. Yeah, <laughs> Steve Gibson told me this. Apple did not get the trademark initially for App Store because it was dis- the, 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 the court said it's descriptive. It's not. It's not a trademark. And uh, then, I, don't, I agree with Apple that uh, App Space Store and App Store, all one word, are not necessarily different enough. Right. But on the other hand, they are calling it App Store for Android, and that's very descriptive. Yeah, actually, and, and Apple and, can't say they own the word app. Sure. We've had apps since uh, Killer, since Lotus, uh, or no, VisiCalc. That was the killer app for Apple, too. That was the first app. So we've had yeah, we'll apps see what for happens. a while. I mean, you know, I, honestly, the name of this thing doesn't mean much, I, you know, I, uh, in the scope of things. I mean, who cares? You know, even if Apple wins and they have to rename it, whatever, you know. Big deal, right. Um, this is an important event. And while, you know, I guess on the surface of things, it doesn't impact Windows users directly, um, I... I Make no mistake. I mean, th- this is a this is a big, big thing. Um, one of the problems with any platform is the supporting ecosystem. You know, and uh, as I wrote in my article about this, you know, Windows is a is a platform. But when I write a book like Windows Seven Secrets, or I write or I do my website Super Safe Windows, I don't just write about Windows, right? I write about the whole right thing around it because when when somebody buys a computer, they're not buying it to run Windows. They're buying it to run all this other stuff. You know, they're doing it because they perceive a some benefit of Windows that is much more than Windows. And it's not just obvious things like Windows Live Essentials or whatever. Uh, there's an entire supporting ecosystem. It's true of the Apple devices, of course, um, the iPod and the iPhone, especially with all the uh, the hardware and the iTunes ecosystem, the iBooks and all the stuff that goes into it. It's that you're not just buying that thing; you're buying into a into a system. And this is the reason why uh, these emerging platforms uh, face some challenges, webOS especially, Windows Phone. Uh, there is not a big ecosystem around a new platform. Right. And it's very difficult uh, to catch up. Impossible, I would say, in many cases, because uh, even Microsoft, as powerful as it is, 
is never going to have anything that approaches iTunes. Yes, they have TV shows and movies for buy and rent. You know, yes, they have podcasts and yes, they have this and that, but they'll never really catch up. And there's no real benefit to Microsoft, no real, I should say, direct benefit to catch up because the cost is so great mm-hmm. to get there. And so that's why, you know, I'm a little, uh, I don't mean to be down on something like, say, uh, the, uh, the WebOS, which I think is great, but you just have to look at HP and their history and then understand how these ecosystems work. And you think there is so much ground to make up. Uh, it's not enough for that device or those devices to be as good as the devices they compete with. It's not enough for the operating system to be as good or better. There's all this other stuff. Now, when you look at Android versus iPhone as the two primary smartphone platforms in the world, um, you know, I, I would argue and have argued that iPhone is superior, if you will, uh, purely from the experience standpoint, you know, for a user, which is the important way to look at it. In other words, Android is outselling iPhone, but the reason Android is outselling I, uh, iPhone is because of the pure amount of choice, right? right? And if you're looking for a very specific feature, you're going to get it on Android first m- many times, simply because Apple releases one new phone every year. That's it. That's exactly and, right. Yeah, and if you look at Android, I mean, if you were to look at Android between the release of iPhone 4 and whenever iPhone 5 comes out, I guarantee you there are something like 50 new handsets that have come out or whatever it is in that time period, a many great number of handsets. So as of today, as of this second, if you wanted to buy a phone that worked on a 4G network, you know, Android is your, your only choice. But that's a very general statement. But the real choice is you have basically one phone, you know, one handset or whatever, you know, maybe some small number of handsets over time. So... There's that. I mean, but uh, if when I think of, uh, you know, Android versus iPhone personally or from a user standpoint, Android falls short, short in two key areas. Uh, and I complained about one of these, you know, when I reviewed the Droid X last summer, which was the marketplace is ludicrous on Android. And I have no idea how Google with any credibility could offer up such a, a gross piece of crap as the <laughs> Google marketplace. It's awful. The Android marketplace is terrible. Um, the other one is digital media, which uh, that hasn't been solved. But I, you know, I wonder now if there isn't a solution coming for oh, that. Oh, there's a ton of solutions, uh, third-party solutions. But that's solutions. the problem. Because consumers that's don't want a issue. ton of solutions. Right. This is like, it's, it's like Unix or Linux or something. You know, we don't want that. We want, right. you know, what you need is an iTunes for Android or whatever. You know, Microsoft ha- at least has Zune for Windows Phone. You know, they recognize the need for a, a single... Uh, you know, thing for that stuff, and that, there, that, you know, that's the truth good. is there are there there certainly are iTunes for Windows. There's Double Twist, which is free, and it's not, yeah, but it's not from well, Google, but, and it's not from anybody. And it, yeah, that's the problem. Is no, no, no. There's don't, choice. Don't, don't there's a variety. That. I don't mean player. I mean, I mean the entire ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, no, the entire ecosystem, the marketplace, the you know, the whole thing. That well, um, the essentially the entire ecosystem is there with Double Twist. You run Double Twist on your desktop, Windows or Mac. Uh, it okay. will sync with your phone. You can no, install but, apps from well, it. But it's not really there because... But you can't you buy can't do stuff directly. Right, that's what I'm talking about. You so have to go through Amazon. I just, flew to, I just flew to France, and I fly home from France. Now, while I'm in France, I want to put some more movies on my iPad. Oh, yeah. right, well, I can, easy. right from the device, I can navigate to the iTunes store, rent them, download them. I watch them on the way home, which is exactly what I did. You cannot do that on Android. Um, it's important. You know, that uh, that's... What, until they have something, even if it's inferior, which it will have to be, they can't really stand neck and neck with the iPhone for most people. Obviously, to some people, some people just don't want Apple. Some people uh, have whatever they want. They like that open nature. It's completely understandable. I'm, but, I'm very happy with Android and far prefer it. Yeah, no, no, I, I know not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a geek, so that's me. Right. And I'm, and I'm not uh, diminishing you for your choice. I don't mean it like that. I just mean for the general consumer. No, I agree. Generally speaking, you know, it's, it's, it's a simple equation. It's off-putting. 
So what Amazon has done this week is basically remove one of those two problems. Yeah, there is nobody that gets retailing like Amazon. Well, but, but, oh, with the with the possible exception of Apple, by the way. Um, and when you look at an account where you can buy things through it, I mean, there are two big ones in the world, and one of them, of course, is the iTunes account that people have, and the other one is Amazon. And <clears throat> they've done this sort of quietly, but Amazon has created this thing where you, you sort of look at them as like the Walmart of the web, almost. But they have all this other stuff going on. So, for example. They obviously have the Kindle platform with all the different devices you can download the books to and auto-syncing and all that, which is awesome. They have the ability to buy video games, not in a box that ships to your house, although they do that as well, but rather download them to your computer. And then now that's attached to that account as well. Obviously, they have the music. They also have the video, uh, you know, TV rentals and purchases and movies and all that stuff. They, they do it all. So by adding the Android app store that they have to this mix... They have both made Android better and made their account more valuable. You know, that account, that, it, that Amazon account becomes even more valuable. And now from the web, what you can do is browse a nice store that has curated choices. Uh, there's still some junk in there, by the way. And by junk, I mean stuff like adult apps and things. I actually did see some crazy stuff. In, in the there, Amazon but, store? Really? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but it's... Now, instead of, you know, unlike on the PC or the Mac before the, the app, you know, Apple's Mac app store, uh, you're not buying a piece of software for a device or a PC or Mac or whatever. You're buying it for you. It's attached to your account, i.e. to you. Mm -hmm. So now you can, if you change phones, you install this app and you get a list of all those things you've installed. You check them off and they all install and you're good to go. It's, it's a nice system. So they've taken something that was really horrible on the Android and made it really, really nice. And this is a big deal because, you know, again, for these emerging platforms like Windows Phone, WebOS, they already had a hard enough time kind of catching up. And now you've got this other, it's funny, it's not from Google, right? It's uh, because of the open nature of Android and the way Google does things, it's enabled a third party to solve this problem in a very elegant way. And, and what a great choice because, again, Amazon uh, really gets retailing. I... I this thing is a big deal. It's it's um, it's a really big deal, you know. And I don't think I'd Android, love to see think... maybe this is next as Amazon does an iTunes like app. You know, I'm looking at Double Twist. Exactly I could buy right. music in it from the Amazon mm -hmm. store, but not TV and no, movies. No, but that's MP3, right? Of course, because yeah. the, that's the thing, and, and because obviously movie and TV content you have to have is copy protection. Is copy protected? And, and, and you know what? Issue. That's going to be the issue on Android. Now, of course, there are people listening to this who say, "Well, I I never want to buy a TV show or movie." So what you just said is false. It doesn't, it doesn't make what I said wrong. It just means it's wrong for you. The, the right. point is there is choice, and everyone has different needs. And there are some people who would say, look, I'm never going to watch a movie on my phone. That's ludicrous. You know? But it, it, it sort of is ludicrous. But remember, on the Apple side, you also have these other devices, iPod Touches and iPads. That account, the, I, I store, the iTunes Store account, is not tied to your iPhone. It's, it goes to all these other devices. So uh, this is something that can happen on the Google side because, of course... They have tablets coming, the tablet OS in, in Honeycomb. Uh, Android, if you look at um, Amazon's App Store materials, they talk very specifically about tablets, although I don't think there are any tablet-specific apps in there yet. But I do have to wonder, isn't Amazon, they must be working on getting their content onto these devices as well. And that kind of does solve the problem. That They may be the only company that can offer an alternative to iTunes that's viable, you know, because they have the selection. 
And I think that would pretty much equal it out. And when you consider that Amazon is already outselling the iPhone, I don't, I don't mean to say it's game over. It's not like iPhone goes away. But I think that we've pretty much secured the positioning at that point, if that's what happens. It's interesting. You, you've got a very good point. It's very intriguing. But it kind of leaves everyone else out in the cold, you know, and uh, if... But, well, but that's, I mean, I'll tell you, there's a know, reason for that. Uh, what you're describing is something that only big companies in partnership with big content creators can do because of yeah. copy protection and so forth. So what you've got on Android is the is the opposite of that. And I personally like it, which is a variety of choice, but they're not playing ball with Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and so that's the choice. And so you are going to have, if you want an iTunes model or an, you're going to have an Amazon or somebody, it's going to be mm -hmm. big players because Hollywood's not going to do a deal with a hundred little players or do well, a deal with Android at all. No, you're right. And, and I'll give you a, a this is kind of an off the target, you know, example, it's, it's off on the side, but think about something like podcasts, right? Um, there's no money to be made from podcasts when you're Apple, right? Or, uh, Microsoft or Google. In other words, they, they add support for this stuff to their platforms. But what's the, what's the payoff, right? There is no direct payoff. So uh, podcast becomes uh, sort of an item on a, on a bullet list. You know, it's, yes, we support that too. You know, they can say they support it. Uh, when you look at a platform like Windows Phone, which again is uh, immature, it just came out, it's brand new, it, it has incomplete support for podcasts. You know, one of the issues with Windows Phone is that you can, by tethering the phone or by connecting the phone to your PC, you can download podcasts to your PC, you can sync them to the device. But what it doesn't have is over-the-air updating a podcast or downloading a right. podcast. And Android does yeah. have that. Yeah. It does. I don't know. I'm just... It I'm, does. Just, Double oh, twist air sync, baby. That's what I love No, no, no. It. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying I don't know. I just don't. Well, I'll, it, I'll it, tell you it does. Really... But it's something that only the uh, Windows phone and the uh, Android phones do because Apple doesn't want that. Okay. So, uh, but my point is simply this. Um, micro, people want, people who like podcasts and want to use Windows Phone. Want that. Want Microsoft to offer this feature. Right. The problem is Microsoft has a list of hundreds of items that need to be added to Windows Phone or fixed in Windows Phone. So where do you, where do you, where's the emphasis here? You know, where, when, when would you fix podcasts on Windows Phone? Would you do it quick or would you do it later? Because there's no direct payback for doing it. You have to think this thing keeps getting bumped down to the bottom. Because from Microsoft's right. perspective, as big and powerful as it is, you know, there's not a lot of, there's no money to be made from this. I mean, they can already claim to support podcasts, so sorry. I mean, that's the solution. Right. Or audiobooks. You know, bas the basic answer there is, well, Microsoft can't implement Audible support, so uh, we'll have to wait to see if Audible does it. And the way Audible has been doing th things lately is not to do the sideloading stuff anymore, which is great because that application was terrible. But they have wonderful mobile apps. Uh, for iOS and Android, and uh, probably for BlackBerry and other platforms, um, that have a central location to, to manage your podcast, uh, your audiobooks, and download them, and, and then listen to them, and so forth. Very nice apps, but unfortunately, on Windows Phone, uh, it's not available yet. It may never be available. I don't know. Who knows? There's been some conflicting information there, so it's just another situation where you sort of have to wait. Um, so, and these are sort of side examples and small examples, but they're. Examples of when, uh, when you're when you're not one of the major platforms, uh, th these are some of the pitfalls. So WebOS is coming out. You know, does WebOS have an Audible app? Does what's what's the WebOS podcasting picture right. look like? I don't know. I don't. don't know. Have, I don't know. But those are just small issues. What about the big issues? <laughs> you know, like the iTunes Store stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to that has to be overcome before you become a viable 
player. You know, so Amazon, I, I guess the short version simply is that Amazon just made Android a lot better and Android was already winning. It's very interesting. Right. I, I would love to see. You're right. I would love to see. You know, there's RDO. Do you ever use RDO? RDO is a ten dollar a month subscription so service, like radio. You know, with, with a, yeah, it's radio a. without the A. Yeah, and it's like the Zoom Pass in the sense that you have that variety of choices. You don't get ten free record, you know, songs a month, so it's it's more expensive. It's just ten bucks, but as long as you keep paying the ten bucks, you have the same kind of selection. It works on Android, works yeah. on iPhone, works on your desktop. So there right. are some so, choices there. Oh no, no, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to say there aren't choices. It's just that. And, but Hollywood is you make you people make bets even though they don't think about it like this. No, I agree. People make bets on platforms and ecosystems. Yep. You know, for example, I I just saw today. I haven't tried it yet, but Rhapsody is now available on Windows Phone. Rhapsody is also available on iOS, as you know. So if you are a Rhapsody subscriber and you like Rhapsody, your choices are now greater, mm -hmm. and you're more inclined to stick with the service because the, it's available in so many different places. Mm -hmm. One of the big mistakes I think Microsoft has made with Zune. He's not making that thing available as an app on iOS, on Android. Uh, it, put it everywhere. You know, there's no client for uh, the Mac and so forth. Uh, this is something that they offer what I think is actually a superior service for music subscriptions, but it's only available on Windows, only available on Windows Phone. Mm -hmm. And the Zoom HD, which, of course, is just uh, in kind of in limbo. So, and on the, I'm sorry, it's on the Xbox 360. It's only available on Microsoft's products. So, uh, this is something that could have had far greater reach if they had spent the time and made the investment to do that. And that's just not how they're doing things right now. And it, I'm just curious how far they have to fall before they figure that out. We shall see. I love Zoom. I wish they'd, you know, I would, they, I, I'd love to be able to get, you know, uh, Zoom Pass on uh, an iPod Touch. Why not? Um, Why, Leo? Why? Because Why? it's Apple and Microsoft, and they are like oil and water? I don't know. They shouldn't be. They're complementary. At some point, they will. You know, at some point, uh, we will get to that point where both so. companies will say, the thing is, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't think the problem is Microsoft. I don't know about this. So here's I the think thing. the problem is Apple. Apple, uh, Apple wants to Apple, own it all. Might, They're not going to let Amazon do a store. They're not going to let... There's no story about Microsoft creating Zune and in Apple rejecting it. I mean, they've never done it. If uh, when Microsoft, I'm sorry, when Apple released iTunes for Windows, right? What, what, I mean, what would be the rationale for doing that? Well, I mean, honestly, think about it. Like, why would Apple release iTunes on Windows? Um, so that they can get the 95% of the world that uses Windows? Right. Well, things have changed, Leo. And now 90-something percent of the people with mobile phones are not using Windows. Well, that's They're a good point. So things. if we don't care about desktops so, anymore, we don't really need so, Microsoft. Well, I'm just saying, just looking at this other market, uh, why, wouldn't market why wouldn't Microsoft, using the same rationale, release their software and services on these other devices too? They, they put Bing on there. They put uh, right. Windows Messenger on there or whatever. I mean, No, well, I'm, I'm not, I think Microsoft would do it. I think Apple would never let them do it. And without Apple's cooperation, they put Rhapsody on there. Uh, uh, I know it was a shock that they did that, but I think Rhapsody is a little different than Microsoft Zoom Marketplace. I don't know. Zoom, you know, Zoom Pass. I don't. I don't mean Zoom Marketplace. I could understand Apple not allowing that, but I think Zoom any DRM content using anything but Apple's own iTunes Fair Play oh, I see. is Except not going to happen. Except that Rhapsody's on there. That has to be DRM'd. Um, well, you don't know because with Rhapsody. Well, that's interesting. With Rhapsody, you don't put content on the 
phone. You're just playing it as a stream. We're talking about these two enormous uh, companies, right? Multiple billions of dollars per year. Do you think, like, it's like they never talk. I mean, you know, as antagonistic as they seem to be toward each other, Microsoft does make Mac Office. I mean, I almost picture that it just never occurred to anyone to actually have this conversation. You know what the the real play is going to be? Is is if if Microsoft doesn't get its stuff on Android soon, Apple will. I, well, by the way, uh, yeah, wouldn't it be interesting, right? If iTunes, uh, <laughs> iTunes for Android, baby, right? Wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, that would be that would be fantastic. I would love to see something like that. See, I, I guess my issue is, and I think this is the real issue, is that uh, DRM content on Android is a little bit of a disconnect because Android is an open source operating system. So the, so the content yeah. creators are not going to really let that happen. They're not going to let that happen. Yeah. Okay. Although you make a good point because both yeah. I, 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 somebody just told me now that Rhapsody uh, will allow you to put content on there, as will uh, RDO. So you can actually download content so that when you're offline, you can continue to play it. That does mean there is some form of DRM in there. But it's only music. I think the music industry kind of gave you know, up. I, I look at it like Linux because I guess it is Linux. Uh, you know, Linux is open source, right. sort of. But there's also proprietary stuff that you can get on there. Ooh, and the yeah, major distribution. You cannot legally play a DVD on Linux. With, you have okay. to. <laughs> okay. You can't. Well, okay, no. I, That's I, why right. DCSS um, was written. Leo, I can't answer all the problems of the world in a. Yes, you can, problems. Paul. I count on but you. That's I, what I, I need for you, ideas. <laughs> so. <laughs> Paul throws up ideas. Throws up ideas. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the one who had it with the mop. And sometimes they throw up into my <laughs> mouth and then I have to <laughs> swallow it. Um, so, as long as we're talking about lawsuits. Yeah. Micro- now, this I think is really interesting. Microsoft's going after Barnes and Noble and the Nook, not because they don't like BNN or Nook, because they don't like Android. They're going after Android, saying it violates their patents. Right. Whoa. So, right. Whoa. So the Nook is essentially an Android device. It's a specialized Android device. Although I guess people are unlocking them, and it, it's it's an Android device, so you can do you can run apps on it. Yes. It. In fact, it's a very uh, a very uh, capable. You have to overclock it because they've underclocked it. But if once you okay. hack it and overclock it, Battery it's a very key- reasons because they just yeah. don't need the performance. And I've and somebody so, I didn't know that, but somebody came up and showed me his color Nook uh, running Android. It looks great. It's great. It's a real Android tablet. Yeah, um, there are rumors that Amazon is working on an Android version mm-hmm. of the Kindle mm-hmm. uh, specifically to get that color screen, mm-hmm. uh, which I think would be a fantastic idea. And they have to think this App Store thing they're doing would play into that as well. Yep. Um, and it, by the way, an Android tablet that was the size and shape of a Kindle would, I don't want to, I don't mean dream come true, but that would be awesome. I, I would really like to see something like that. Um, I, I doubt it could be that thin, but. Well, the Nook is. is uh, the Nook is, but uh, yeah. It's, this it's is why Microsoft, I'm sure this is why Microsoft went after them first. I'm sure they're going to go after Google at some point. But. Well, I, okay, so I wonder about this. I guess the big question is Google makes this platform that apparently violates Microsoft patents though that's never been tested by any right. court of course right this will um, be the first microsoft sues everyone but google <laughs> of course right so mm-hmm. why aren't they suing google well deep. well here's the thing i i have to I, honestly I, it may be because google isn't selling an android device mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i mean they made it they made android they basically give it away but they don't you're right but they don't sell a device no and i think that might be why you know i'm not a i'm not a legal expert leo but I play one on the podcast, and I, I'm guessing that that's why. You know, because a lot of people are asking, why is it Microsoft just suing Google? I mean, you know, kind of uh, cut the head of the snake off, you know? 
Um, maybe, maybe you know the lawyers. Who knows? There's all sorts of strategy. Maybe they want to get a decision in the in the Barnes and Noble case that will well, help them words, then go uh, after Google. Let's say they go after Google and they win. I mean, how, what's what's the actual damage here? You you have to, uh, you know, you're looking for a fee. You're looking for a licensing fee per unit. So Motorola is selling Android per unit. Samsung is. Uh, apparently, Barnes and Noble is. Well. <laughs> there's your money you know right. that's the you know google is giving it away i mean what's uh 17 of zero you know it's um what is it again <laughs> <You know? laughs> zero i mean I, th I think that's how that works yeah. I, I there's no you know. money in it right but they could put android uh, out of business if they could get an injunction saying you may not use android this is what they're doing this is what they're well, doing I, with unix so i'm not clear on what these patents are exactly I, but I let's think it's the same ones that. they're going after with unix yeah hmm. interesting Interesting. I don't understand it. I don't pretend to understand it. It's nice. It's just nice to see Microsoft making money in a mobile market. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad they're still winning. <laughs> so you have to listen to Security Now this week as Steve Gibson yeah. looks at IE9, gives it a two thumbs up for its uh, compatibility with web standards, for its security model, for its design. Okay. He says they've done a great job. This is a modern browser. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, so now it's in the it's in parody, I guess, with Chrome and Firefox. Firefox four came out this week. Generally speaking, right? I mean, sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Firefox four. You know, it's funny. I had to go back and look. I, I wrote a review that I haven't posted yet. Um, I had to go back and look to see what I had reviewed for Firefox in the recent time, and uh, I did actually write something up for three five and three six, and then the last major release three three zero. Which came out in two thousand eight. It was a long mm. time ago. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that, and those releases were somewhat disappointing because they had big ideas around what they were going to do to support, you know, like a Vista style UI, which would have been very nice. Yeah, you know, the glass stuff, which they never really implemented officially until now. Right, kind of a modern UI and all that stuff. So, the way I would put Firefox four, uh, and the way I did in this eventual review that I'll try to post today is simply that uh, this is Firefox keeping pace. You know, like IE9, it is a modern browser. Uh, there are some things in there that I don't agree with from sort of a UI perspective and some things I actually really like. Um, I, I, I'm a little confused why they still have this, you know, the separate search box. Not that that's a huge, you know, issue. I sure don't understand that either. I, I don't get it, you know. Yeah. But then I also have to say, you know, one thing that not, even Chrome has not figured this out, and certainly IE is not even close, is the, there, there are two big areas where Firefox really wins. And the first one that the other ones haven't figured out is the customization of the UI. Uh, Firefox offers deep, deep customization of not just the location and selection of buttons on the toolbars, but also the, you know, they have, the, it, maybe they have too much. They have themes and personas and, you know, they have all this stuff. But you can make that thing look like whatever you want it to look like. And I actually think that's a big deal for some people. I, I, I think that will sell this free browser, you know, to those people. Um, they've also really done a nice job with, uh, and of course, this was the historical strength of Firefox, all of the add-ons, you know, the extensions, the, um, you know, the browser toolbars, I mean, all the stuff you can add into the browser. And they've, they've done a nice job in this version with the UI for that, where they're offering a way to browse the collection of add-ons from within the browser, which before you would open a separate browser window and, and go to a web page. Um, they're just kind of encapsulating that within the UI, which I think is really nice. It's old-fashioned, like you still have to reset the browser, you know, to have some things take effect, you know, unlike in Chrome, which 
I have to say, I think it's a big deal in Chrome. You can install something and it just works. You know, you don't have to do any right. booting of the browser. Um, so the way I would say this, I guess, is uh, it, it's if you are a Firefox user, this is a no-brainer. And there are a lot of those people. So this is a great update. It's a really major release. If you've pretty much settled on Chrome or even IE9 at this point, you know, I don't know. I, I think most people listening to this podcast are going to have multiple browsers and should have multiple browsers installed. It's just a good policy. There's no reason not to have them on your hard drive. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's free. Why not? Yeah. It doesn't clog yeah, and, anything and some up. Things look, you know, th there's a goofy thing going on these days, and I, I'm waiting for Chrome and Apple to follow suit. I know they will. You know, my, uh, Microsoft decided over the past year they were going to release this never-ending series of demos showing off how awesome IE9 was. <laughs> and, I, and by the way, the most if you think about, like, what's important in a demo, aside from just the pure eye candy stuff, right? It's not good enough that this thing looks awesome in IE9. It has to look like crap in every other browser. That's, oh, cool. That, that yeah. is the point. So yeah. constructing these demos must be really hard. <laughs> you know, be benchmark, no, but like benchmarks kind of work like this too, right? You right. know what I mean? Right. So, so Mozilla made this site uh, for the, the same thing, you know, and, it, and I was amused. Uh, I, I would say Chrome usually runs these demos okay, but IE9 like fails on all of them. And I, and I know they were carefully constructed for this purpose. Right. Um, you know, people will, will make charts and have, I'm sure already, that, you know, feature by feature. Here's where IE9 falls short. Here's where Firefox falls short, et cetera. Um, and you can make, it, you know, it's like statistics. These demos are like statistics. You can prove anything you want. They're designed to send a message of a certain kind. And uh, you, can, you can use the same, you know, kind of material and construct something that makes mm -hmm. someone look bad or look good or whatever, you know. So anyway, I think Firefox 4 is, is, uh, is a great update. And... Um, uh, I don't know that it's enough to sway people who've already moved over to Chrome, for example, uh, or people who are, have decided, you know, who like IE and they they have moved up to IE nine and uh, like you said, it's a big deal. Like Steve Gibson said, it's a it's a, a it's a modern browser. It's a modern browser. Finally, what both Microsoft and I think they have done that and, and Mozilla need to do is not be as crazy as Google in how quickly they release updates, but get faster. You know. Don't think of these things as huge milestone releases, you know, point really like 4.0, 3.0, but add, find a way to add features over time so that the, the browser gets more valuable over time without, hopefully without destroying compatibility. Uh, and you're able to release these things more quickly. Mozilla has a big problem in this area. Microsoft somewhat, I, I think, figured it out during the development of IE9, the amount of positive feedback they got over time by adding features. They were even able to add some major features to the browser after the release candidate. Uh, I'm sorry, with the, I guess it would be with the release candidate right before they released the final version of the browser. You know, that's not the way Microsoft used to do things. So I, I'm, I'm happy to see that. I, I would like to see Firefox do the same thing. And I think Mozilla has uh, stated their intention to do something along those lines, you know, to move a little more quickly along those lines. Good. It's a good, it's a good update though. Good. I like it. And, and as you said, I have all... I mean, look, if you've got Windows, you have to have IE yeah. 9 or IE yeah. installed. Might as well go to 9. Yep. Why not? You might as well have them all. You know, yeah. you, you know you, maybe you never use Firefox, but every once in a while, you'll hit a site. You can always tell, right? You know, you hit some site and it doesn't work right. Yeah. And you're thinking, I know this is supposed to be doing something, playing a video or... It's great to have. Whatever. Yep. Yeah. Have, yeah. Choice is good. Great to have. All right. We're going to take a break. Come back with more of the uh, iTunes is now available. I'll tell you what that is. And I want to get Paul's uh, impressions of the ATTT mobile buyout. 
what yep. he thinks that means for consumers is certainly the question everybody's asking. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends at Hover.com. Boy, I get uh, messages and tweets from people all the time. Just got a tweet this morning. Uh, from somebody, I wish I could find. Maybe I'll find this here and, and read it to you. He said, "Thank you, Leo, for telling me about Hover.com and their great customer service." I just got off the phone and I couldn't be happier. People love Hover.com. It's domain name registration made simple. It's clean. Uh, they don't upsell you on a bunch of stuff. They include who is. Somebody said, "Oh, come on." Uh, why would you want who is privacy? That's something that the other guys charge you for. It's free with Hover. Because I like to use an actual email and phone number in case there are technical issues. I want my domain registrar to be able to reach me. So that's why I want to be able to use my actual information. And with built-in who is privacy, you can and still be private. I think that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Hover just understands this. Oh, hey, I didn't know about this one. Juan, Juan Cabanela just tweeted me. He says... Thanks for recommending Hover.com. I stumbled across their Easter egg and got a free year. I don't know about that. He says it's the Buckaroo Banzai Hold music. Find out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. I do love Buckaroo Banzai, so there's something in there. You will not get put on hold, by the way, if you call during business hours. Monday through Friday, uh, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern, they have a no-hold policy. Those other guys don't. And now, a new feature. Free transfer concierge service. This They used to charge 25 bucks for this. If you uh, hear this ad on Twit, as you are, uh, you get free domain transfer uh, service no matter how many domains. So they, they, to make it easy for you to move over to Hover, normally they charge 25 bucks for this, and believe me, it's worth 25 bucks. This is free now. Just call Hover, give them your username and password for the old account, the old guys, and they'll take it from there. They get the authorization codes, deal with the emails, and then they'll just say, you're on. You're on Hover.com. They do charge you $10 for the transfer, but that gives you an additional year for your domain name. So that's a great deal. Hover.com. Let Hover handle the hassle with their domain name concierge service free if you mention Twit. Or just go to windows.hover.com. Hover is domain name registration and transfer made as simple as can be. And I guarantee you, you're going to love them. H-O-V-E-R.com. Go to windows.hover.com. Take advantage of this deal right now. You know who I cannot stand uh, <laughs> right now for this kind of thing is uh, registered.com. Oh, really? Tell I, me about them. I have domains in various places because I'm just uh, disorganized. Yeah, I do too. I'm disorganized. I have Dotster, GoDaddy. Yeah. Yeah, I, guess I do. GoDaddy is the worst website on earth, but the, the, but the prices are okay, I guess. you know. I'm telling you, Melbourne, Hover, if you want to see a big difference, go to Hover. You just check it out. Well, so I apparently have someone registered. I didn't know why. I'd register.com, but uh, they call me because some are coming up yeah. for renewal. And they're, yeah. they're freaking they, to get me to do this. They love the upsell. Fun. Yep. I keep telling them I'm not going to do this on the phone. I have a computer, so I'll figure it out that way. Thanks for calling. And now yeah. they, but they keep calling and they call from different numbers. Hate them. And uh, one actually came through as an international call. Uh huh. And I keep asking them stop calling my house. Uh, and so I, w- I went to look. And here's the thing: twenty five dollars a year, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's not expiring until next month. So they're just really <laughs> trying to get a little extra money yeah. out of you. That's all. Uh, give me a, give me a break. I'm telling you, Paul. Windows.hover.com. I'm, I'm just telling you, don't. <sighs> oh, look, there we are. There we are. Why does Leo love Hover? We're not hot. We're not sexy. We don't drive fast. It must be our clean interface, simple tools, 
honest pricing, and outstanding customer service. You got it. Vindos.hover.com. Just, I'm, that's, I'm just saying. That's what I need right there. Pain reducing transfer. I, and they don't call, you will not call you and upsell you. They will not give you all that BS. I'm going to log on to register.com one last time just to see what's there. And <laughs> Look, they get, <laughs> they'll, do the, they'll transfer it out of there for free. You don't, no more hassle. Just, just go to windows.hover.com and then just do it for free. And then you don't have to think about it. You won't, in a week or whatever it takes, you know, sometimes it takes a little longer because these guys lock you in and stuff. You'll be done with them, and you'll never get any more of those calls. I know what you mean. Yeah. I get them, too. Uh, okay, what is in tune? We talked about this before. We did. You know, I just realized we actually did talk about this, so maybe we don't have to spend too much time on this. It's uh, but basically it's the cloud-based uh, PC management and security service. Um, it's out now. So if you go to management.microsoft.com, uh, you can get a 30-day trial give it a shot. I guess the quickie version is that uh, at $11 per PC per month, it's a little expensive for very small businesses, I think. But there are some interesting side uses for this service that I think will prove very compelling. So, for example, I, I think I mentioned last week on the podcast, some of Microsoft's really big customers, are, even though they have on-premises management servers, are using Intune for those machines that are never going to come into the corporate network, Perfect. You know, including personal laptops, Perfect. In, including laptops of their executives, you know, and their executives, families even. Yeah. And uh, you do to have to sure manage those, those. You do have to manage yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. Um, the other thing is, uh, is almost a support thing. You could uh, do it for members of your family and uh, just to, you know, you could almost uh, be like the IT pro for your family. <laughs> just, you know, keep them up to date as well. Uh, that's kind of a, Good idea. Interesting use. So. Good idea. In other words, you know, is it worth eleven dollars a month not to have your dad calling you uh, yes. about a silly computer question? <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So anyway, it's now available. So uh, manage it is manage.microsoft.com. Cool. Um, all right. So uh, this ATTT Mobile thing. I mean, uh, on the yeah. face of it, uh, it looks like it's good for T-Mobile. I don't know if it's good for T-Mobile customers. I'm a T-Mobile customer. Uh, T-Mobile is a tough case because they're small, and depending on where you are, they're either a big deal or they're a complete non-event. Yeah. Uh, the one benefit they've offered to the industry, I guess, or to customers, is they're the one guy, the one semi-major player that's lowballing on pricing a bit, um, and that obviously will go away when you're a part of AT&T, I guess. Um, so that's too bad, but. I'm not really as negative on this as I think a lot of people have been. You know, the stuff I've read is like, you know, is this going to ruin choice in the United States. I mean, I, I think having three major carriers is roughly the situation in most major markets around the world. You know, if you look at Europe or probably Asia, and I'm not as positive about Asia, but um, I think that's where it's at. Canada has three major carriers. Um, I, I think that's just the way it is. You know, I, I like the notion of uh, these companies are on the same standard, so to speak. Um, AT&T does not get a lot of credit. And I keep trying to remind people, you know, they've really improved their service. And by service, I don't mean customer service. I mean the quality of the wireless service over time. And this will expand the network a bit for AT&T customers. So that might be good from that perspective. Um, T-Mobile was a company in the United States anyway that wasn't going to be getting the iPhone anytime soon. So this gets them in there. Um, it could be bad news for Sprint because Sprint's now the one company that won't have the iPhone. Um, but I... You know, I think overall it makes sense. I mean, I, I you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think it may uh, benefit people ultimately. You know, one of the weird deals about wireless networks is if I am in the United States and I'm an AT&T customer and I'm in some state where T-Mobile for some reason has a superior network strength and whatever, my phone won't connect to that, right? It just won't, typically, you know, if I bought the phone from AT&T. 
But if I go to Europe, like I just did, I'm in France, you know, there's not one preferred network that I connect to. I connect to the network that has the best signal. That's the way that works. Now, I, you pay extra for that and all that, but um, that's the way things work. It works vice versa as well. If I was a, a customer in France and went, you know, within France, I wouldn't be able to connect to those other networks. And that's something I noticed with my friends. You know, they would be on whatever network they're on, and I would be able to, I always connected to whatever the best network was, you know. Um, so this gives you that effect in a way, you know, it, it expands the, uh, the possible um, points you can connect to, and, and thus you should always have a better, or, well, not always, but you will uh, generally have a better signal, hopefully, because of this. So I, mean, I think for AT&T users and for the combined user base of AT&T and T-Mobile, from that perspective, it's a good thing. Uh, but we'll have to see on the pricing, I guess. I would expect pricing to go up for T-Mobile. Oh, I guarantee you. And they do things like free tethering and stuff that's just going to go away because they were the, I, they I, were the little guy. Sure. I think T free tethering as a, a as a thing would, would have gone away anyway. But yeah. Yep. Free tethering. <laughs> free tethering. Who needs free tethering? You and your socialist ideas. <laughs> uh, I love T-Mobile pricing. and uh, But you know what's interesting? Sprint's going to take up the slack there because they're, they're not going to get acquired, it looks like. So they will I, be the well, little except for what, So there's one problem with Sprint. Uh, Sprint's not very big. Um, well, and they're, so as, they're not GSM. As the rest of the world, and they're not on GSM. So as the rest of the world sort of rallies around LTE... Right. No, uh, well, Sprint's, uh, Sprint's Sprint going to go LTE, I think. Okay, but they're still Sprint. So, you know, well, I mean, they're small. I mean, right. I'm just, uh, you know, it's it's sort of like in the Boston area, you have these heavyweight cable and uh, telecommunications companies from which you can get all this right. this package access, you know, Fios and Comcast. And then you have these little regional right. things like RCN. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with RCN, but Sprint is RCN. You know, it's... it's yep. It's not one of the big guys. And, no, you know, right. that's an attraction for some people, no doubt about it. But it's also a little bit of a problem maybe when you're traveling and, and so forth. So I, I, there's this, they become the little runt of the litter at this point, which is too bad. Well, we need a runt because the runts are the ones who try harder. You remember the old Avis rent-a-car? Yeah. We're number oh, yeah, two. Yeah. We try harder. Those are the guys who well, have to be aggressive in pricing. And they're, uh, they're yeah, even more so runty now. <laughs> they're the runt of the uh, of the big litter. I mean, now the more runty. <laughs> right now with more runtiness. Um, there are there are additional wireless carriers around the country, Metro PCS and uh, regional and local carriers and all that. So I mean, it's not like there aren't other choices. It's just that for the for the people that need to or want to, you know, travel, you know, business travelers, for example. I mean, it, everyone knows, you know, you get Verizon because Verizon works the best in most places. That's always been the case. It was one of the big things you had to do as a, to become, you know, become an iPhone user was just give that up. It was hard. I mean, that was the, um, one of the tougher things about moving to the iPhone was having to deal with AT&T, especially that first year or two. Yes. So. Yes. I think, you know, the jury's out. We'll see. I, I, I do expect it to be passed, I guess I would say. I, I oh, do I, I think so. But I hope that the, uh, and this is what the conclusion we've come to on uh, most of our shows, we hope that the FCC uses this as an opportunity to extract some net neutrality requirements at AT&T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, sure. Some support for rural There'll users. be a grandfather clause. You know, they'll be able to continue with their existing level of service, with their existing pay level for some amount of time and all that stuff, too, I'm right. sure. Right. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, why don't we take a break? Then we've got the app of the week. We've got the, uh, for both Windows and Windows Phone 7, uh, and a mobile app picked. All of which That's we've already just, talked about. So really, there's really no reason to stay tuned. I would just, in fact, I'm leaving myself. So you have a good time. It'll just this. be me. 
It was good. It was good talking to you. <laughs> no, stay, stay. <laughs> Don't stay, stay. There'll be some fun. There'll be some humor. There'll be some good stuff. I promise you. I promise you. We're not done with the good stuff yet. But uh, in fact, this is one of them. Fresh books. Have I talked to you about fresh books before? Fresh yeah, books are awesome. Do you invoice? If anybody uh, invoices out there, and uh, I did for a long time, now I have people. Before I had people, I had fresh books. It's like having people. I used to hate invoicing. You know, I'd fire up Microsoft Word and then type it in and do the addition and all that stuff. And I hated it so much I would invoice late, sometimes nine months late. Boy, that was hard to get money out of those people. Invoicing promptly using something like FreshBooks makes makes it more likely you'll get paid. In fact, FreshBooks is great because it's an email invoice. They will do a printed invoice for additional fee. They'll print, stamp, and mail it for you. I always did that for some. You know, the old-fashioned customers make sure they always have a paper invoice. But I like the... Uh, I like the uh, email invoice because there's a button on it that says pay this guy. And uh, they can pay by a credit card or 11 other payment methods, including PayPal, Authorize.net, First Data, Transact, all of these. And you can even they can even set up automatic payments, which I love. So uh, what you really want to do is get your clients to say, yeah, just pay this automatically, auto bill it. Believe it or not, your clients like that. It just takes one less thing for them to think about, and it's one more thing that gets you paid fast. According to uh, FreshBooks users, they did a survey. They get paid on the average of two weeks faster than they used to because of FreshBooks. And should you have somebody who's slow to pay, automated late payment reminders, you set the, you know, how long and how often, which makes it really much more likely you're going to get paid. They've got an iPhone app. Uh, it's called Mini Books. It, what's nice about this, you can manage clients, send invoices, run timers too. So if you do if you do billing by hour, this free uh, app, Mini Books, uh, will automatically track that, and then you press send, and it puts it right in an invoice. You can even do the invoice right from your iPhone. I love this. It's just pretty amazing. These guys have got it down. Two, that's why two million people have used FreshBooks since they started in two thousand four. You could be one of them. Free. Free. Go to FreshBooks.com. Your first three clients are absolutely free. Uh, it takes you about a minute to set it up. They've got all the bells and whistles. There's add-ons. There's an API and so forth. Very simple to use. I want you to try it. FreshBooks.com. They are having a drawing every day this month for a birthday cake among their new customers. So make sure you get in there now. FreshBooks.com. Do you invoice, Paul? Uh, infrequently. I actually sent this to my wife, by the way. Um, she has to invoice. Oh, she, uh, you know, trust me. I mean, I really, I use this for years and I love it. Um, it's very web 2.0, very simple. So uh, yeah, what I do is invoice. free. So it's not really a cause to invoice. <laughs> now that we could fix too. I'm, I'm kind of a charity of sorts. <laughs> well, you know, we, you, we pay you, but you don't invoice us. We just send it to you automatically. No, no. Yeah. And you know why? Cause I hate invoicing so much. Yeah, I just uh, from day one, I always said, "Look, I'm just going to pay you guys. You don't have to checks worry about are it. always appreciated." It, you know, just, yeah, just it's fun invoicing. too when you have yeah you have an invoice, but you just get a check in the mail. That's nice. It's the best. But good luck convincing other clients to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey guys, I've just tried to send explain me how money. Excited I am every time I get a check, but they don't seem moved by this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I can't understand it. Yeah. Just don't get it. So I guess we've really said what the Windows Seven app of the week is. Yeah, this is, I've really kind of mailed this weekend. You got to understand that uh, you just flew <laughs> over from France. I've been in France, but um, I, well, so but even if you hadn't, I would agree with you. Okay, so I, I, last week I raised the possibility of doing a, a sort of a general mobile app pick that was related to Windows, and uh, I got a lot of very positive feedback about that. So thank you to everyone. I will be doing that this week. I sort of threw in a mobile app pick that really 
doesn't meet that criteria, but it's just because it happened this week, and I think it's a big deal. So if you have Android, I really do feel like you should get this Amazon App Store and check it out. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Um, I, it, it doesn't mean you can't use the marketplace. You do have to go through your Android settings and say, accept yeah. applications from third parties. I mean, it's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the reason I love it so much is that sitting in front of your PC or Mac or whatever on the general web, you can now browse the Amazon website. And have this stuff sent to your phone automatically. Right. I mean, you still have to install it, but it comes up in your queue. It's, well, you could always really do that with an Android. Not yeah. always, okay. but they, the Android marketplace does they that added as well. that. Okay. Yeah. I know, but the, but it's the Amazon market. So it's... Right. So you get both. You know, again, it's, it's, it's much easier to find good apps than it, most, you know, most... This is how apps should be installed. You do it on the web. You say, send this to the phone, and it's there. Yeah. I so mean, you should great. be able to do it both ways, obviously. And, but it's, it's just a nice, it's a nice thing. So looking forward, I've got some interesting feedback from people who had ideas for things like uh, remote desktop from various mobile platforms and all. So we'll have some good uh, Windows-oriented uh, mobile app picks uh, in the future. So that's coming next week. But yeah, the Windows 7 app of the week is Firefox 4. That was uh, just came out this week and uh, definitely something you should check out. And then the, the Windows Phone 7 app of the week is for IMDb, which actually coincidentally, and it is coincidental, uh, is owned by Amazon, <laughs> right? which is kind of interesting. Um, this is another one of those apps. It's an unfortunate truth of a uh, for a new platform that a lot of the apps I'm going to be recommending for Windows Phone. If you had an iPhone or an Android phone for a while, you're probably thinking, oh, big deal. You know, I've had this forever. But uh, it's nice to see some of this stuff show up on Windows Phone. And of course, one of the advantages of Windows Phone is just that Metro UI. So you get that kind of Metro look and feel. Um, and I, for whatever it's worth, IMDB, which is, if you're not familiar with it, is a started as a website for um, information about movies and they expanded into TV shows. And they further expanded, and maybe since Amazon bought them, to uh, uh, kind of a general information site. You know, so when you're out and about with a phone, there are some things that are specific to a mobile device that are very handy, which is it will use your location to find uh, movie times for local theaters and so forth. So I use it fairly regularly. I rip a lot of uh, DVDs, and um, IMDb is the place where I go to find you know, the, the date the movie came out, the, you know, the, uh, the category, you know, thriller, action, and adventure, whatever. Um, and then the the lead actor. So this information will appear in iTunes and in all those devices inside the Zune, by the way, as well. And the album art, you can get it in there and all that stuff. So it's just a, it's a resource I actually use all the time. And, and the Windows Phone version is a particularly nice uh, rendition of that. So I love IMDb. Um, I mean, you could always go to the yeah. website, but this is, it's nice to have the app. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think that with, for the mobile versions of IMDb, they've done a nice job of making it relevant when you're out and about. So it's not just about like sitting there reading about, oh, I wonder who's in a movie. It's it's, you know, finding, okay, I know there's this movie I want to see, and then this is one of those places you can go to find out when it's playing in your area and so forth. It's nice. Is uh, Flickster on iPhone, I mean, uh, Windows Phone yet? I don't know. But Flickster I is a really uh, great iPhone and uh, app that's... Is it uh, Flickster like CK or... X, F-L-I-X. Uh, I'll use the awesome search. I'm sure that... Flick, yeah. Flickster. Oh, like there's fl a song named Flick Hingy Hing. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I uh, I like Flickster is on Windows Phone Seven. That's a great one too. You can I'll let you have that for next. I week. will check that out, sir. Uh, and I won't tell yeah, you. Yeah, there's why. a movies by Flickster. So yeah, yeah, that's I mean, it. Oh, and it is from the company. Okay, yeah. I'll look for that. Yeah. yeah, I'll look at that. I should say. Um, you know, it's ad driven, but it's um, it it's just I think that's yeah, what I know, use uh, all the time <laughs> to find out what what's showing. I've noticed, uh, and I've noticed this in all three platforms lately. Um, Mobile ads are becoming more common. Oh yes, and you probably know. You probably notice. You have to have noticed this if you've seen them. I've seen this on Windows Phone. I've seen it on Android, and I've seen it on iOS. Where 
you bring up an app and there's an ad at the bottom mm-hmm. and that ad renders first mm-hmm. and there's kind of like a hole sitting there. Mm-hmm. The app doesn't come up. Then the, then the ad finally renders and then the app comes up. It's like, it's like the web. Oh, I hate that. I know. It's because they're, they're they coming from different servers, you know? Right. Yeah, that's, that's, kind of, that's the way I kind of viewed it. It was, yeah. uh, it's, different. it's almost two different pages. Which is okay on a wired connection with a 25 megabit download, but when you're out on AT and T or whatever, it's like yeah. really, I have to see a Nissan Leaf commercial so I can <laughs> you know play the Angry Birds or whatever. Uh-huh. Well, you get free. You get, that way, you get free stuff. What really bugs me is when when you have to pay for a product and there's ads because it's like, uh, but yeah, but yeah. everybody's doing that now too. I guess that's all right. Yeah, we never talked about this New York Times thing. Um, I've had a, a New York Times slash newspaper article brewing for a long, long time. And the, and the recent news that the New York Times had about how it's, what its convoluted plan is. I just got an email from them. Yeah, I mean, I've had a New York Times subscription since uh, at least 10 years now. And we went from paper to the Kindle. But now I'm looking at these offerings. And, I'm, and we'll have to see on the 28th, they're going to have promotional pricing. And when they do that, I'm going to have to evaluate whether it makes sense to you know, switch to their tablet subscription or whatever. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, well, I, I get a, as long as you get a paper paper, and I only get the Sunday paper. I don't get uh, Monday. Any paper paper. Any paper paper you get free. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, because yeah. the, if you get the daily paper, it's it costs like seven or 800 bucks a year. Right. It's very expensive. You shouldn't have to pay very, for the digital very version. Expensive. So I didn't realize that. It might well, be worth it just to get the Sunday paper. That's what I do. Just to get, okay. Yeah. That's good advice, by the way. Still not that's cheap. It, no, but that's a good that's a good tip. Um, yeah, I will look at that. Yeah, I I think because I like the Sunday paper, although I don't ever get to read it. But my family likes you know having the magazine and have you know. So be there one day of the week to have the newsprint right on your hands. It's you the know? one day you have some time. You're in bed. You're having breakfast in bed or whatever. You go out or whatever. You, it's nice to have that paper to read. Uh, and frankly, it'll keep you busy all week long if you really want to read it. The crossword puzzle, and all big, that stuff. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot there. I. I miss those days. We were always big Sunday newspaper yeah. readers. I have to say, as good as the Kindle is. No, uh, that's the Sunday, one time. The Sunday New York Times is not the same experience I agree. on the Kindle. That's the one time you really want the paper. And then Monday through Saturday, do it on your uh, on your device. And I think that that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure I they like- think it's fine, too, because that keeps both business models alive, right? This starts. Yeah, uh, this I- starts tomorrow or the next day, I think. Maybe. It's very soon. Yeah, it might be Monday. It might Maybe be Monday. Mondays. Actually, that would make sense. The twenty eighth. I think that is the right. But I just got I got an email from the New York Times saying, you know, um, because you're a subscriber, mm-hmm. uh, don't worry. It, it, okay, so the, uh, I, I would want to verify this, but yes, that's. Uh, yeah, it looks like it says. Yeah, it looks like yeah. Okay, it says important notice about your New York Times subscription. So three. Um, oops, let me do the math here. Starting so March twenty eighth, one hundred ninety five dollars yeah. a year for the Sunday, for just Sunday. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have my document. I actually wrote it. I made a document. To see what all the different offerings would cost. I think the tablet one fig- came out to about two forty five. So this would be cheaper. I believe so. Yeah, it was expen- they were charging a lot. Now remember, you get the first five hits free. I mean, there's a yeah, yeah. no, no. I, I that's I, I read it every day. I'm not I'm not looking to go to their web page or their right. website. I mean, I do that occasionally, but this is for reading the paper every day. I would I, I read the paper every day. So right now I do it on a Kindle. But if I can, the problem with the Kindle is the Kindle is in a oh, weird. Wait a minute. Does not include e-reader editions. 
So it would be the iPad and iPhone, Windows Phone 7, that mobile editions. Right. The, the, the Kindle and Nook are not included in this no. right now, no. but they will be. Ah. Uh, they just haven't figured that out yet. The problem is, as a subscriber, when I was a New York Times paper subscriber, I, w- I was something to them. You know, they, I was an entity. You know, they knew yes. what I was. Yes. When you're a Kindle subscriber. They have no idea. You don't exist. Amazon, because Amazon doesn't tell them. Yeah, and that's a problem. And I think that's something that's going to change. Uh, well, they said it's going to change. So we'll, I'll see. You know, we don't know. We don't know where that's going to go. That's probably conditional on uh, on Amazon. Well, they've, so they've slowly jacked the price on the Kindle version. And if I'm not mistaken, the Kindle subscription works out to be the same as it would cost on the iPad or the, the Times Reader. Or, and this is very hard to find, that Google Chrome app, which is now free, is going to fall into this category as well. And it won't be free. Because that thing is just as nice as their other digital editions. It's well, I just, I just pulled up the New York Times on my uh, computer. Oh, I can't show you because mm-hmm. it's blacked out. And I'm just seeing a nonstop ad. Go to NewYorkTimesNYTimes.com. I know. I know. The I did. I full just did. screen takeover nonstop way, ad for, never, a, I, for a Broadway show, which I can't see because I'm in California. Yes. And I have to say, uh, having gone to the New York Times website uh, probably every day, that's the first time I've ever seen an ad like that. Yeah. Well, that well, takeover up. You know, you're you're scrolling through a story, all of a sudden the screen pops up, and it's a full screen ad for Swan or what if Swan Lake, whatever that movie was. Or um, this yeah, is, I mean, but this is a this is a Broadway play, so this is the perfect example of an of uh, of a ad that is of really no use to me, right? Uh, and they're forcing me to see it. There doesn't seem to be any way to get around it. So well, you're not paying for the website, although actually, as a subscriber, if you're in. Lo- I am, and I'm logged in as a subscriber, so... Yeah, you shouldn't uh, see that. I shouldn't, I sh- well, or maybe they should just have a box that says, okay, I, I really don't want to see that. Before anyone points this out, yes, uh, we know that the paper version has ads. We get it. The thing is, to distribute a, an electronic version of this thing, which is some number of kilobytes, is a significantly right. less expensive endeavor than delivering a stack of paper to my house. You know, I, I, I used to work in newspapers and I, I always was amazed at this business, which at the time was run by children. Um, you know, the last mile was always some kid with his bike. Uh, what a bizarre, you know, kind of business, isn't it? I mean, it's just so strange. It is a little bit weird. and I, it's, it, it's weird. Part of this is that we are going through a transition. Yes, and it's the you know this is they're they're struggling with their business model. Nobody wants the New York Times to go away. I don't think. I would hope. Uh, of course, uh, not. Yeah. we need and we need journalism, and uh, and it's not free. So we we you know but. sure. Oh no no right. And by the way, you know even on uh, local news programs or national news programs, uh, news networks, you know the quality of and scope of reporting has gone down dramatically. Um, and New York Times is one of the last vestiges of that kind of old school original reporting stuff not that they haven't you know slid as well but um you know we live in a world of blogs and sound bites and you know he everyone has an opinion but i i mean it's i I, i've been pretty happy uh well and what's neat about the times is they're getting the interactive stuff that they do now uh, on their pages are you know that's unique to the web is Mm -hmm. actually quite good i think that you know they've done some really nice um, Although, I, you know, compared to like that Chrome app or the iPad app, I, I, you have to look at the New York Times website and think this could, in fact, be nicer. Right. Uh, it, it's almost like they've kept it kind of old school web. Right. You know, on purpose. <laughs> right. I mean, 
And maybe now, uh, maybe that they're going to start cha- uh, charging for it. Maybe that changes too. I don't know. They're doing video now. We talked to them about doing video, but uh, they decided to do it themselves. Well, anyway, it's an interesting world we live in. It is indeed. Paul Therott is the editor-in-chief of a great site. If you're a Windows user or you want to understand Windows or you want the inside story, winsupersite.com, the super site for Windows. Um, he is also a news editor for Windows IT Pro. There's the Win Super site. Let me pull that up there. Mr. Paul Therott, nice picture there right on the front there. <laughs> oh, hey, look, speaking oh. of... Speaking of of big ads at the front, but see, I can click it right here. Bye bye. You can't say yeah, so that's fine. I don't mind. I understand. Look, we have ads too. I understand. You got to pay for. I used to be freaked by those kind of things, and I used to complain about it. But then um, we had a couple of years there where ad sales kind of fell through the floor. And so when I see like an ad like that on my site now, I don't want to say I get excited necessarily, but I'm I'm more okay with it than I used to well, be. Well, you know, there's revenue there. Yeah, we get excited. I get excited. I know my hosts do when uh, we have three ads in a show we never do more than one ad every half hour but when we have three ads that is you're sold out i know everybody sure. goes yeah and and when we have one ad it's like ooh, hmm. what did i do <laughs> so Was uh, it that windows phone thing i'm sorry it's not that we want to subject people to pain in fact we try to pick advertisers that's why i don't do ads for broadway shows we, yeah it's not like laundry <laughs> products right. or, we uh, try to do ads for stuff you might <laughs> yeah, conceivably yeah. be interested yeah. in finding out about um but, uh, you know, look, this stuff has to be paid for. These these stuff are free. These sure. things are free. Uh, and also, I don't begrudge the New York Times. In fact, I want them to succeed. That's, I guess, what I'm saying is... is, is I do, too. I yeah. want this model to work for them. Too. Maybe it's not the best model, but uh, we'll see. Paul Therott, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. We do the show normally. We're doing it at a different time today, but normally we do it Thursdays at uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern at live.twit.com. TV. Tune in and watch live or download it. It's on iTunes, the Zoom Marketplace, everywhere better podcasts are. Even uh, even that Android thing. <laughs> I hear it's a big deal with the kids. Hey, the kids love it. Uh, <laughs> but you can get it. You can subscribe, get it automatically. Androids, the, the, the Google Listen program will do that. Uh, Stitcher will do that. A number of programs that will do that. Get you automatically so you always have it on your device and listen uh, whenever you like. And there's Windows. There's um, video for this as well as audio. So you can even choose whether you want to see me and Paul or not. We sound better than we look. And, wow, that's not saying much, but yes. <laughs> no, I, think, I agree with that. I think that's true of all our shows, that we started as audio, and so we always kind of pay a lot of attention to the Yeah, audio. then the video comes on, and it's like, whoa, Ooh, what happened there? Ow. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that hurts. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> I understand why you started with audio. <laughs> I don't, You know, we do video. I never thought anybody would want video of two guys talking. I know. But the, but we do video because people asked for it. And you know what? It's about now 25% of the downloads are video. Oh, people want video. So, sorry. I feel like I should be doing more. You know, Should I wear funny hats or something? I or do. The... God knows I do. <laughs> I'm all about the hats. Oh, well. Paul, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Windows Weekly. <laughs>